Welcome to the City Light Podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out online at citylightchurch.com. Today, we're starting a brand new series called Book of Prayers. As a church, we are currently in a season we refer to as our 21 days of prayer. We do this twice a year to help us refocus our lives and minds on God. It can sometimes be a struggle to know how to pray, especially if we've allowed our prayers to become routine. Fortunately, the Bible outlines many different types of prayers that we can use as a pattern. Thank you for spending time with us today, and we hope you enjoy the message from the series, Book of Prayers. Starting a new series today because prayer is this thing that we're, we're talking about in here, and it's this season of our church that we're into right now, and, and we're calling it Book of Prayers. Like The Bible is this great historical document. But it also is a, is a great uh, book full of different prayers and prayer patterns and things that many people throughout history have done to connect with God. And, and when we talk about prayer, I know that there's some of us in this room today that are like, uh, like, <laughs> I, I don't even really like praying. Like, every time I pray, I fall asleep. I get distracted. You know, there's so many things I think about. Like, I'm not good at prayer. Like, pastor, prayer is for you and not for me. Like, this, this, is, this, is, this is not it. I can't do this. Can we just talk about something else? Can there be another subject, another series that we go to? And, and, and my job as a pastor is, I believe, to help lead our church into places and seasons where actually you, we will grow the most spiritually. And one of the things that I found in my life is, is to lead people to a place where they understand Understand that prayer is not just for the pastor, but it is for everybody, and that you can connect with God in such a way that it can shape and change your life to, to an amazing way, in an amazing way. And, and one of the things that we do here at our church, and these are available for you today, totally free, um, we have these prayer guides available. And we make these, we put these together for you. It is just a great tool, a resource to use. So if you're like me and you get distracted, like you're thinking about something and all of a sudden you're like, a bird. I don't know. Like It's like if, if you're like me, like this is a great resource that you can hold in your hand. You can look at it. You can walk through it. You can really make a difference in your prayer life. It doesn't take that long. It's not like this whole dragged out thing. But when you get done, it's like, wow, I really feel like I connected with God and my prayers touched heaven today. Like, like that's what we want for you to experience. Like, I, I, I know what it's like to be sitting there praying and all of a sudden be thinking about what I want to eat for dinner. And it's like 8 a.m. And it's like, what am I thinking about dinner already? And so I want to help you and I want to lead us as a church to really get close with God. I know that, like I said, prayer may not be for all of you, but I believe that if you begin to go on this journey with us as a church, something that maybe you never thought was important in your life, maybe you never really enjoyed, maybe you didn't even really like it at all, I believe that if you take this journey with us, at the end of the three weeks, you'll look back and say, wow, I can't believe I lived my life without this. This is such an amazing thing now, and I love it so, so much. Back when I was a, a kid, probably about 10 years of age, my parents were divorced, and so I got to spend some time with my father on the weekends and things like that. But my dad was a creature of habit. How many creatures of habit y'all have in here? Like, you like doing the same thing every morning. That's it. Like, you, right now you're like, I don't raise my hand. That's not my habit, so I'm not raising my hand this morning. And so I get it. Okay, I get it. How many of y'all are like, just like, you don't like habit, you like to be free flow, whatever the day throws at me, I'm just ready to go, pastor. Like, God, I, that's, that's my wife. I'm the other way, I'm a creature of habit. 
But my dad is a creature of habit. It's so funny to watch him. And as a 10-year-old boy, I used to watch him. Every morning, he would get up. He'd get up about 5.30 in the morning, every morning. He'd do the same thing every single morning. He'd get up, he'd take a shower, he'd get dressed for the day, and then he would go to the coffee pot, come on somebody, and he would pour himself some black coffee, no cream, no sugar, straight black, that's all he wanted. And then he would get the newspaper and start to read the headlines and everything. And I would watch him do this every single time I was with him. And I, one day I remember, I thought, well, you know, if it's good enough for dad, it's probably good enough for me, right? Like, I know a lot of boys want to emulate their dads growing up. So one morning I got up, you know, my dad was up at the table drinking his coffee. And I went, and I went up to the cupboard and I got myself a coffee cup out of the cupboard. And, and I poured myself my first black cup of coffee. Come on, like, like no cream, no sugar. If dad's not doing it, I'm not doing it. You know, I reach for the comic section because I'm not reading the business section. I don't care. You know, I get the comics, I'm out there. And I could see my dad kind of peering over the newspaper, you know, which is a dying art. We don't read newspapers anymore. But, but my dad, he was re- looking over, like watching me, what I was doing. And I took my first sip of, of black coffee. And, and at that moment, I just was like, oh, my, I, I spit it right back out into the cup, you know. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And I was like, Dad, how can you do this? Like, this is nasty. Like, are you serious right now? Like, this is the first thing you want to do in the morning is put this nastiness in your body? Like, like really? Like, are you kidding me right now? And I said, Dad, how can you do this? And he, he put his newspaper down, and he looked at me, and he goes, son, you got to be a man to drink black coffee. Someday when you're a man, maybe you'll, you'll get this. And I'm like, well, I ain't a man. So I went to the, I poured it out and got myself a juice. Come on, somebody. Like, like I'm 10 years old. Like, apple juice is for me. And, but I, as I got older, I started to, to see, you know, different men in our office drinking coffee. They would, no cream, no sugar, you know. And I remember thinking about the story of my dad, and I said, you know what? I think it's time. I think it's time. I'm, I'm older now. I'm a man now. I'm going to start drinking coffee, and I'm not going to do the cream. I'm not going to do the sugar. Like, I'm going to drink a straight black. I'm a man. I'm going to drink black coffee. And, and I was thinking, too, ladies. There are ladies in the house. Come on, ladies. Where are you at, ladies? Come on. Woo! Come on. I was thinking, ladies, you know, like, let's, let's be honest. Like, if, if you were sleeping one night and an intruder tried to bust into your house, like, like, you want your man, who is the man of your dreams, going down there to confront that intruder drinking a pumpkin spice latte with soy milk? Or do you want a dude that's drinking black coffee and ready to take on any kind of intruder that comes in your house? Like, and so, so I said, all right, I'm going to do this. And I started to drink the black coffee. I started to get to it. And I listened to these guys, you know, around the coffee pot talk about war stories. And, like, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I'm, like, trying to suck it down, you know, as I'm doing this. And they're, I'm like, guys, how are you doing this? Like, this is, this is nasty. And they're like, it's an acquired taste. It's an acquired taste. You just keep doing it. Eventually, you'll love it. I'm like, all right. And uh, by, God is my witness. By, uh, eventually, 
I started to love black coffee. Like all of a sudden, like I was desiring it. I wanted it. Like you can ask my wife, our staff, like every morning it's like, where's the coffee? Like get out of my way until I get my black coffee. Like that's what I want. Like don't talk to me. Don't ask me any questions. I'm not here to solve anybody's problems yet until I get my first cup of coffee. Anybody with me in this place this morning? And so I, I love it now. I love, the, I love drinking black coffee. That's just me. If you don't like it, it's okay. That's, that's you. This is me. You know, and, and I thought to myself, wow. You know, the way that I kind of went through this journey to drink black coffee is a lot like when it comes to prayer. Like, you may sit there and say, man, this prayer is not for me. Like, I, the pastor, that's good for you. Maybe that's good for people that are really spiritual. But, like, I, I can't do this prayer thing. But, listen, prayer and spending time with God and growing in your faith, it's an acquired taste. You may start off and you may say, I don't get it. I don't get why people do this. I don't get that people spend time doing this. I don't get that, that, that you're actually enjoying praying. Like, I don't get it. But if you continue to do it, you continue to stick with it, I believe with all my heart that you will begin to acquire a taste for the presence of God. And then all of a sudden, every morning, you'll want it. You'll, you'll, you can't do your day without it. You'll get to a place where you say, I need to spend time with God because it is that life giving to me. It brings me alive. It is better than any caffeine rush I could get. Come on, like, like that's what I need. And so I believe that with all my heart that if you trust me and you trust this church and you you, you, you go on this journey with us over the next few weeks. Say, all right, Pastor, I'm going to take you up on a challenge. I'm going I'm to try to involve prayer into my life. I'm going to get that prayer guide. I'm going to walk through some things. I promise you, you're going to turn around and say, wow, th this is way, way better. I can't believe that, that I never used to do this and how much now I enjoy it. Our theme verse for this whole series is found in the book of, of Ephesians. In chapter 6 of Ephesians, it says this, in verse 18, it says this, it says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. So he's not just talking about when you're at church. He's not just talking about before the meal. He's not talking about when you tuck the kiddos into bed. But he's saying, listen, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Pray, pray to God on all occasions. Like before you, you get up in the morning and you're about to, your feet are about to hit the floor, man, Spend some time praying, God, I just thank you that I'm, a, I'm alive today. God, I thank you. Like, before you take that meeting at work, maybe take a little bit of time and pray. Before you send that email, come on, somebody, we need to pray before we send some emails. Come on. Like, pray before, is this, is this, is this what I want to say? Before I send that text message, before I, I meet with somebody, you know, I'm going to spend time, I'm going to pray uh, on all occasions, not just when I, when I think I'm supposed to, but I'm going to do it at all times. And it says this, pray in the Spirit on all occasions all, and, and with all kinds of prayers and requests. So the Bible talks about that there are different types of prayers. There's different types of patterns and ways that, that you can pray that actually help you connect with God in a greater way. And so today what I want to do in here is I want to begin to walk us through some, some different patterns of prayer. This whole series is going to be helping us grow in a way that we can connect with God in a way that maybe you've never connected with him before. There are different patterns all throughout the scriptures that talk about this. Our prayer guide has a lot of these prayer patterns in there that you can grab and take with you and begin to apply them to your life. But I just believe that, that a pattern is, helps us stay on task when we're praying so we don't get distracted with things. So, so here's the deal today. 
I want to share with you what is what I consider my very most favorite prayer pattern that I use every single morning. Like, you don't have to do this. This isn't a legalistic approach to things. But this is what I do because it helps me really connect with God. It helps me really focus in on my relationship with him. And it helps me, you know, really feel like I am connecting with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It helps me to really come face to face with God. And so, but here's the deal. Today, it, it, it might be a little bit of the deep end of the pool for some of us in this room today. Meaning that it may be a little bit teachy, maybe a little bit deeper, maybe a little bit deeper than I normally get. And you may say, wow, I don't understand that. But one of the things I try to pride myself on is I try to take some of the deep things of God, some of the complicated things of God, and I try to make them to a place where anybody and everybody can understand them. I don't think God's word is supposed to be for the spiritual elite, but it's supposed to be for everybody that we can all grow, we can all understand, and we can all actually apply this thing to our life. Like, I'm a kind of pastor that I want to put the cookies on the bottom shelf so we can all get one. Come on, somebody. Like, I'm putting the good stuff low so we can all grab one and say, how can I apply this to my life? How can I grow spiritually? How can I be the person that God has attended for, or attended for me to be? And so uh, it's going to be a little teachy today. Uh, if you're taking notes today, you keep your pen going because I'm going to have some notes for you today. But all the notes actually today are in the prayer guide. So if you like, I'm going to take a rest on notes today. You can pick up a prayer guide when you leave today all of my notes are in that prayer guide but if you just want to keep your your pen going so you can stay uh, connected today then I, I encourage you to do that so today I want to talk to you about my favorite prayer the, the, the pattern that I use like I said almost every morning and, and in the prayer guide it's called the tabernacle prayer or it's called the prayer of Moses now if, if you're new to church and maybe you don't know a lot about the Bible if you don't know who Moses is Moses was a guy who God raised up in the Old Testament to literally lead God's people, the Hebrew people, the Israelites, out of captivity in Egypt and bring them out of slavery into the promised land of Israel. And in the process, you know, they had a journey to walk through. It's interesting because theologians believe that Moses led about 400 million people out of slavery and led them into Israel like I have trouble leading two kids and a wife through Target like come on somebody like 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 he did 400 million like I don't even know how they, he needed to pray and, and so God helped him do this and, and through this whole process like God gave him some instructions to do some things back in the Old Testament God his goal for the people was to get to a place where eventually they build a temple where God's presence would dwell like in the Old Testament God's presence would dwell inside of buildings but we understand today because of the New Testament and what Jesus Christ did on the cross that God doesn't dwell in buildings anymore he dwells inside of people like the Bible says that we're a temple of the Holy Spirit that God dwells inside of you inside of me it's not about the building. That's why we have church here at a school, because God dwells inside of you and inside of me. But I love it because before they got to a place where they built the, uh, the actual temple, they had, with, they had a portable church. They had a portable church where they set up and they tore down every single week, and they called it the tabernacle. And I love it because they had to set up, they had to put all the stuff up, and then after it was over, they had to bring it all down and move to the next location. And I just want to say thank you so much to all of our portability team in our church who makes church happen every single week. We put our hands together and just thank them. And they're setting up and doing some things. They're going to be tearing down. Y'all are going to be at the restaurant, and they're still making things happen around here. I'm just so grateful 
for our amazing team of people. But God gave Moses some instruction. I want to read to you in Exodus chapter 25 about this whole tabernacle and some things that, that we were going to discover today. But in Exodus chapter 25, God's speaking and he says, Have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary so I can live among them. You must build this tabernacle and its furnishings exactly according to the pattern I will show you. And, and I got a picture today of kind of what a, maybe a modern take on what this would have looked like. Uh, you can kind of see, you know, they, they had this, this tabernacle area. Like, I love it. They had, they had pipe and drape in the Old Testament. Come on, set up and tear down, guys. Like, pipe and drape is biblical. You got pipe and drape all over this church today. It's, it's great. There's pipe and drape everywhere. And, and they had guys setting up pipe and drape. But as you can see, there was different stations that the priest or Moses would go through before he would get to the actual place where the presence of God dwelt. Uh, there's different stations, two stations on the outside and then inside that back little like rectangle is another tent that they would go into. That was called the tent of meeting and they would go in there and there was more things to do inside of there. And at the very back of that, of that tent of meeting there was actually where the, the Ark of the Covenant sat. And that, if you've ever seen Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know what I'm talking about then, okay? So it was back there and that's where the actual presence of God was. And then Exodus chapter 33, verse 11, it says this. So inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. And that's my prayer for every single one of us this whole next three weeks. Is that, that you and myself would come to a place where you speak to God face to face. Where you would have an encounter with the God who created you. The God who created the heavens and the earth. And that because of Jesus, we can come face to face with him. And we can speak to him as, as one speaks to a friend. Like that you could come to a place where you are that close with God where you're like, I just spent time with one of my best friends and his name is Jesus. And we had such an amazing time. So that is my prayer for you. So in this whole tabernacle prayer, the prayer of Moses, uh, there was different stations, about seven different stations. I want to run through real quick this morning to help you understand like how you can take your prayer life to the next level. You don't have to do this. This is something that I do that when I walk away from my prayer time, it, 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 again, I just connected with God. I, I feel great. I, my prayers just made an impact, and it, and it was so so good. So if you're taking notes today, if you've got your prayer guide, you can turn in there to that prayer. But the first step that they would come to before they actually even entered into the, 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 the tabernacle area, they would had this outer court that was on the outside of the pipe and drapes. And before they ever did anything, they would actually actually thank God as they were entering into the tabernacle. And so one of the things that I do, if you're taking notes, you can write this down, that outer court. The first thing we do is we want to give thanks to God before we ever offer any requests to him, before we tell him our needs list. First thing I do is I just thank God for who he is and what he's done in my life. Like, 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 I don't look at God as a Santa Claus where I'm looking to sit on his lap and tell him everything I want for Christmas. Like, I, I'm, the first thing I want to do with God is I begin to thank him for everything that he's done in my life, everything that he's given me. Like, if he doesn't do another thing for me, he's already done enough because he sent his son Jesus to pay the ultimate goal for me. Like, like I thank God every single day. The first thing I do is I just begin to thank God. Before you get, enter into all of your requests, man, just spend some time. And thank God for what you have. And you may say, well, I don't know what I have. Well, thank God for your family. 
Thank God for your kids. Thank God for your spouse. Thank God for your job. Thank God for air conditioning. Come on, somebody. Like, like thank God that you got a car. Thank God that you, you're going to have heat in the winter. Thank God that, that your refrigerator might be full. You got a house. You got a roof over your head. Like, like, there's so many different things that we can just stop and be thankful for. You don't have to be so creative. Just thank him for the practical things in your life that, that God, I know that you've, you've helped me in this. I know that everything I have, every good and perfect gift is from above, Scripture says. So, God, I thank you, God, that, that you've done all these things for me. I thank you. So we, in Psalms 100, it says this. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Just thank God. If when you start your prayer, like you want to really connect with God, just start off with an attitude of gratitude. I'm just thanking God today for who he is and what he does. The next thing, that the next step that they would come to, they would enter into the courts now. And the first thing that they would do, if you remember the picture, there's a picture in the prayer guide. But there was this like this box, the one that we saw was a brown like big square. And, and, and this was actually called, as an altar. It was called the brazen altar, and, and this altar was a place where literally they would bring animals, and they would sacrifice the animal there, and there was a fire burning in there, and it was the animal, the shedding of the blood that, that made a forgiveness of their sins. How many of y'all are thankful we don't have to do that anymore? We don't have to kill any animals, because that would be really weird, and Peter would have a problem with us, uh, but it's like because of what Jesus has done on the cross, he was the ultimate sacrifice. He is the last sacrifice because he went to the cross, went for and shed his blood on the cross so that we could have forgiveness of sins and receive that free gift of salvation. And so for us, when we come to that first stage, that second stage, the, the altar, we focus on the cross of Jesus. If you're taking notes, you can write that down. The brazen altar, what does that represent in our understanding? It represents the cross of Jesus. What Jesus has done on the cross. I love what Psalms 103 says. It says this, praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all of your sins and heals all of your diseases. Who, who, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And so at this stage when I get to, I thank God at first, and then I just begin to focus on the cross. And I focus on what Jesus has done for me. And I thank God that God is through what Jesus did on the cross, that salvation is possible. I can't, I'm not good enough. I, don't, I can't be good enough to get to God. But because of what Jesus has done, he made a way when there was no way that I could have salvation. Now, I thank God for that. But also through the cross, there's benefits available for what Jesus has done. I, I thank God that, that healing is possible through the cross. That The Bible talks all about that he wants to heal our body, he wants to heal our emotions, and that that is available because of what Jesus did. Scripture says that by his stripes, when they were whipping him, by his stripes, we are healed. That because of what he went through, that we can experience healing now on this earth. But also there's, there's redemption is possible. What I mean by that is that, that the enemy, the devil, he wants to take you out. He wants to destroy your life. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, again, that, that he will rescue us from every attack of the enemy. So I thank God for redemption. I thank God for transformation. 
that because of what Jesus did on the cross, that I'm not the same person that I used to be, that I, I can be transformed into his image, that, that, that I used to be one way, but because of Jesus, man, I am now different. He puts his love inside of us that you can encounter somebody and say, oh, my goodness, like you're not the same person you used to be. You used to do this. You used to do that. But because of what God has done in your life, I can see transformation. Like, like I thank God for that. And that's because of the cross. I thank God the cross also provides for us. There's provision available, meaning that everything you need to be successful in this life, God has provided it through what Jesus did on the cross. There's so many benefits to what Jesus did. And I just take a moment and I just focus in on what he did on the cross. And I thank him for the cross. I thank him for dying for in my place. I thank him for that. And then the next like station that they would go to was actually this like like this pool of water. It was like a like a it almost looked like a fountain, but it wasn't a fountain, but it was like a pool of water. And it had a mirrors in the bottom of the pool. And so they would go to this water place and they would actually wash up. They would wash their bodies. They would get clean before they entered into the presence of, of, of God. But, but the mirrors, would, they would, it would be a reflection where they would look at themselves and have a moment right there where they would say, okay, God, what in my life do I need to lay down to you? And that, that, that bowl was actually called the laver. And what that represents for us is that, that at that point that, that we offer every part of our life to God. We offer every part of our life to God, and this is how I do it. I try to start every day this way, where I just kind of start from my head and work my way down to my feet. And I just say, God, I thank you that from my mind, I, I want to have the mind of Christ today. God, there's going to be a lot of different emotions that I run through this mind. There's going to be a lot of, of, of lies that I try to hit this mind. But, God, I, I want to have the mind of Jesus today. God, help me to, to have your, your thoughts today. Help me to, to do the things you want me to do. God, I give you my mind. And then I work my way down. God, I give you my eyes today. God, I want to see you, and I want to see the needs for other people. God, help me to not keep my focus on me, but help keep my focus on other people today. Help me to, be, to see what you're doing in the lives of other people, and let me be a blessing to them. And I'm like, God, I give you my ears today, God, that I would be sensitive to your voice. God, I want to hear your voice above all other voices. God, I pray, Lord, I give you my ears. Speak to me today, God. I want to, I want to be led by your spirit today. And God, I give you my mouth today, God. I, 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 I want to speak life, not death. I want to encourage people. I don't want to tear people down. I want to speak life to other folks. I want to be encouraging. I want to be life-giving. So, God, I give you my mouth that I wouldn't tear people down, but I would be somebody who builds folks up, Lord. I give you my mouth today, and I go, my, my hands, I go, God, I give you my hands today, that they would do good, not evil. God, I, I, man, help people, Lord, all around me. God, I give you my hands, I give you my feet today, God, that I would walk in your ways, not in my own. God, I, I got some plans, I got some ideas today, but God, I thank you that your word says your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path, that you direct my path, God, that, that Lord, that I'm going to hear your voice behind me saying that this is the way, walk in it. And God, I, I give you my feet. I want to walk in your ways today. And, and I offer every part of my body to God. Look what Romans says about the Apostle Paul wrote this. And he said, listen, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And this is your true and proper worship. Like He's like, this, you want to, want to worship me? It's not about singing songs as much. As sometimes it's just about saying, God, I give you every part of me. I surrender it all to you, God. This is worship to you, God. I give you every aspect of my being to you today, God. 
And so then after they would kind of wash up and kind of go through that process, they would go into that, that, that rectangle tent in the back. They would go into the tent of meeting. But then in there, there was a few other stations that they would hit before they went to where the presence of God actually was. And the first step that they would go to would be, was this candlestick. And this candlestick was burning. And, and in this place, anytime that you see fire represented a lot of times in the Bible, it's always symbolic for the Holy Spirit. It's always a symbol for what the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do. So, so in this state, after I kind of offer my body to God, I, I invite the Holy Spirit into my life. You're taking notes number four. Invite the Holy Spirit into your life. And, and I love what Acts 1.8 says. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. I, I love that. And it's not power to, to fly around like Superman or anything like that. It is power to live the life that God has intended for you to live. It's like that God has God has strength, he has ability, he has power that you can make the choices that he wants you to make. Like, like sometimes it's hard to, to forgive people who have hurt you deeply. Sometimes it's hard to, to say no to every temptation that comes your way. Sometimes it's hard to, to do the right thing at work. Sometimes it's hard to, to say the right thing to your, your kids. Sometimes it's hard to, to love people that seem unlovable sometimes. And it's like, okay, God, I invite the Holy Spirit into my life because I'm going to need your power today, God. I'm going to need your strength today, God, because I, I can't do this in my own strength. I can't be the person you want me to be on my own strength. I can't, I can't make every right choice today, God. But, Lord, I know that through your power and through your strength, God, I can do all things through Christ who gives me that strength. Like, like God, I'm inviting the Holy Spirit into my life. It's a, you invite the Holy Spirit into your life, you'll see a huge impact, a huge change because he is all powerful. He is all, he is God. But then the second part that they would go to, that step five is they would go to the other side of the tent where they would have this table of bread there. And I love it because, you know, God shows us all that he loves gluten and gluten will be in heaven and bread and all that stuff. And I love it because somebody told me the other week that every time I mention bread and I talk about cruising mirror bread, they said sales go through the roof down at cruising mirror. And so I think I need a discount. So if anybody has any hookups or anything, like I need a, I need a, I need a discount at cruising mirror. But it's so funny because I love it because it talks about, it, says it has this table and it calls it the table of, show, of showbread. And this bread represents for you and for me, it represents the word of God. If you're taking notes, number five, it's the, it's the word of God. And to spend time reading the word of God. Get, get something inside of you. Why is that important? Jesus even said in Matthew, he said, listen, it is written, man shall not live on cruising mere bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Like, like you can't just live on just actual food like, it's great, it gives you nutrition, maybe bread, maybe not so much, but, but listen, it, it, you need more than just food. You need a spiritual food, you need a spiritual diet, you need to get God's word inside of you because it is the, it is the key to life. And so, I mean, I always take some time where I spend some time just, just, just opening up God's word and, and reading what it says in there. And you may say, well, I don't know where to read. I don't even know where to begin. I, there's so much in there. I don't know where to start. And I don't understand some things. And, and, and listen, there's a lot of excuses out there to not do it. 
but, but you only need one excuse to say, I'm going to do it. And that is, I, it's the bread of life. It's going to help me in my life. I may not understand it yet, but I know I'm putting life inside of me. And eventually life will come out. What you put in will, get, will come out. And so I'm putting God's word into me. I'm going to take some time and read it. And, and if, even if you read one verse, man, that's better than zero verses. Even if you got time to read a chapter, read a whole chapter. If you got time to read a whole book, then, then do that. Whatever your time allots you, just just get God's word into you. I mean, you can even sign up for the, the YouVersion Bible app on your smartphone, and you can have them send you the verse of the day. They pick out the verse for you. They go find a verse and give it to you, and it'll show up on your phone. Here's the verse of the day. You can read that and be like, all right, God, I'm standing on your word today. Here's, here's my verse of the day. God, I'm claiming your promise today. I'm putting life inside of me because I can't do this on my own strength. I need your word inside of me. And then the next step they would go to before they would get to the presence of where God was, was an altar of incense. And, and this is a place where they would burn incense. And, man, it probably smelled like Bed Bath & Beyond in there. It was just so good, you know. And, and, and this was a, an opportunity for them, though, to, to offer up a sweet aroma to God. And what is the best aroma that you and I can actually offer to God is our, is our worship. It's our worship to God. We worship him, and I love it because Proverbs 18, 10, it says this. It says, the name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. And I love it because I want to, I worship the name of God. And his name, there's, there's so many characteristics that are attached to his name. And that when you begin to worship his name and you thank him for what his name means and, and what's available for you, like whatever situation you're walking through, whatever circumstance you find yourself in, God's name has something for your situation. And, and you can claim his name, you can thank him for his name, and you can worship his name because it's a, it's a tower that you can run to. It's a fortified tower that will give you protection no matter where you're at. So what are some of the characteristics of his name? I love it. God's name is righteousness. I don't know if you knew that. His name is righteousness. What does that mean? That means that, that listen, you may feel at times of your life where you don't feel so clean. You may feel like you made some mistakes. You made some bad choices in life. And you may feel even dirty at times. Man, God, I just, oh. And God says, my name is righteousness. What does that mean? I make you clean. You come to me just as you are. You don't clean yourself up. You come just as you are and let me do the cleaning inside of you. And you say, God, I thank you that, that, that you're righteous. Your name is righteous. I love it because his name is also a, na a word that we don't use a lot. It's sanctifier. Like, what does that mean? I don't even know what that means. It means that God has called you and he has set you apart for such a time as this. Like, like, like you are called. It's not just the pastor who's called or, or the leaders of the church are called every single one of you in this place you have a calling on your life from God given by God and he wants you to understand that he is going to set you apart for the calling and the work that he wants to do in you and through you on this planet and that's why our church exists to help you discover what that calling is and give you an opportunity and a platform to begin to do the thing that God is calling you to do like God I thank you that you've called me God, I thank you that you set me apart. God, I, I thank you for that. But it's, I love it because his name is also healer. It, like, like you can go to God and say, God, I, I have, I've got a bad report from the doctor today. God, I've, I'm going through some bad things. I'm going through some bad situations. God, and I thank you that, God, your name is healer. And, God, I need you today. As I'm running to that tower. As, as You're my healer today, God. I need your strength and, and healing power in my body and in my emotions today. God, I thank you that your name is healer. God, and I love it because his name is also banner of victory. 
Banner of victory. What does that mean? Well, it means that, like I said earlier, that the enemy wants to destroy your life. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your emotions. He wants to destroy your business. He wants to destroy everything that you put your hand to. But I love it because God says, no, 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 no. I'm a banner of victory. That even in the midst of anything, you can have victory in your life because I've already overcome the devil. I've already overcome what he's trying to do in you. And I can claim, God, I know I feel spiritually attacked today. But God, I thank you that you are my banner of victory. I can have victory in you today because of what you did on the cross. You defeated the enemy once and for all when you went to that cross and rose again. God, I thank you for that. His name's also Shepherd. Like he, he, he leads you and he guides you. God, I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should take this job or that job. I don't know if I should buy this house or that house. I don't know if I should move here or move there. I don't know if I should date this guy or, or not date this guy. Like, like there's so many things. And God, I thank you that your name is Shepherd, that you're going to lead me. And you're going to guide me when I don't know where to turn. I don't know what to do. But God, your name is Shepherd, and I'm running to that name today. That's a tower that I'm running to that's going to keep me safe. I love it. His name is Peace. His name is Peace. You may feel like you're in a storm today, going through something really, really crazy where you feel like you're getting hit from all sides of life, and your boat is rocking, and you're like, man, I'm just in a storm right now, God. And, but God, I thank you that I can have peace today. That, God, your name is peace, and I can come to you and ask you for peace. And, God, you'll give me peace in the middle of whatever I'm walking through because you're that good of a God. And I love it. His name is Provider. Like, God, I, I don't know where my next check is coming from. I don't know where the next sale is coming from. I don't know what's going to happen with my business. I don't know what's going to happen here. But, God, your name is Provider. You are going to provide everything I need, God. And I thank you that I put my life in your hand, that you are my provider. And so I just take some time and I worship his name. And I, I worship him because it helps m me realize that it's not all about me, it's all about God. And everything I'm walking through, he's already made a way for me to experience life and life to the fullest. And then the last part, they would come to the last step in this whole tabernacle journey that the priest and Moses would go through. And it was, he would get to that part where the Ark of the Covenant was. It was the place where the, the, the presence of God literally was back then in the Old Testament. And, and the priest would come there, Moses would come there for one purpose and one purpose only. And it's a word that maybe we don't use a lot in today's vocabulary, but he, he would go there for one thing, and that was to intercede, to have intercession for all these 400 million people. What does that mean? It means that he would go there and pray for the needs of the people. He would go there and pray for them and pray for what God was doing in that situation at that time. And, and, and this is something that I try to do every single day for every single one of you. I get to a place where I, I'm praying and I'm spending my time with God. And I, I get to that place where I, I get to the, the place where I'm like, all right, God, here's this moment now where I, I'm, I'm face to face with you. And God, I'm standing here today and I'm, and I'm begging you on behalf of the people that you've entrusted my wife and I with, God. And I thank you so much for them and I thank you for their lives and I thank you for all that they're doing to make this church happen. And God, well, I know that the enemy's trying to destroy some marriages and God, I know the enemy's trying to take some people out and God, I know that the, the, the enemy's trying to destroy businesses and destroy emotions. But God, I thank you so much that, that God, that I can stand here and intercede for them and I can pray for them and Lord, 
Lord, that they can experience victory in their life. They can experience the life that you have for them. And, and I sit there and I pray for every single one of you, whether I know your name or not. I lift you before God and I say, God, I pray that you would move on their behalf. I pray that they would encounter you, God, that you would do a work inside of them. And, and this is a great place for every single one of us to understand that in the Old Testament, they had priests that would only be able to go into the presence of God. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, now every single one of us are now considered a priest. You are part of a royal priesthood, the scripture says, where you can go before God and you can make intercession and pray for your family. You can pray for those around you. You can pray for your kids. You can pray for your spouse. You can pray for your coworkers. You can pray for your business. You can pray for these things and you can begin to intercede and pray on their behalf and say, God, here I am. I'm, I'm praying for them that they would encounter you, that God, that you would do a work inside of this situation. Like you can have that ability. You can go and intercede and pray for those around you and in your life and those, those all in, in, in every area of your life. You have the ability now to do that. And so I, I always end my prayer right there and I say, God, I just thank you that I get the opportunity to come face to face with the living God and beg and pray on behalf of so many great people in our church. And I believe with all my heart that God is making a difference in your lives and in the lives of those around us. Because I just believe the best is yet to come and, and, and more is coming your way that God wants to do inside of you. And then I believe that if you begin to take some time in these next three weeks, say, I'm gonna focus in on God. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try this whole thing out. I'm gonna let God do a work inside of me that you're going to maybe start out with something that you thought was, man, not important. That's not for me. And get to a place at the end of three weeks say, I can't believe I was living my life without it. Like, I need this because it's so life-giving that, that I can come face-to-face -face with the God who created me, the God of the heavens and the earth, and I can touch heaven. My prayers can touch heaven. And I thank God that I have access to the Father because of what Jesus did. See, I just believe with all my heart, last thing, if you're taking notes, you can write this down, but I just believe that prayer should be our first resort, not our last response. It should be our first resort, not our last resort. If we could stand up today as we close this message.